Moika! Welcome to Mastering Finland. This podcast shares stories of foreigners in Finland and provides practical tips and learning opportunities for all. Go ahead, join our community and enjoy listening to this episode. For more information, check our website masteringfinland.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to Mastering Finland. It's Petra here and welcome to 2022 because the previous episodes were done by Matt. And I'm back, and today I'm back with Haisa, who was our guest in episode 20, together with Katarina, where we talked about the project called Diversity for Future. So welcome back, Haisa. It's really good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very, very excited to be talking (laughs) to your audience again. Yeah, thank you so much. And so uh, this time... Uh, I contacted Haisa because she had like very inspirational and interesting uh, post on LinkedIn. But also it would be really nice to to catch up with you and see what you've been up to since the August 2020 when we recorded the episode. So let's start. So can you share with us how have you been and what have you been up to since August 2020? For a start, I'm really happy to hear that my rant on LinkedIn was considered inspiring. <laughs> It just came from my soul, and I'm very happy that uh, it had an overwhelming uh, response from people and from you. Uh, So what have I been up to? So many things uh, that it's crazy to think about. But maybe the main main updates is that um, I graduated uh, from my university master's uh, degree, and I thought that I wasn't going to be able to. So this is... uh, very nice and I'm very happy for it and I admire everyone who's able to graduate <laughs> and finish their I feel you there. It's not easy. Yes. Um, also maybe other updates is that since then I started working in a very exciting NGO, uh, an international NGO that is based in Canada that it's called Use for Nature and I've been working with climate and nature projects and um, I also co-founded an association that um, was kind of based on the ideas of the Diversity for Future campaign. And the name of the association, of course, is a Symbiosis. Wow, really cool. So could you tell us a bit more about the Symbiosis then? Yes, of course. Uh, so basically, like my LinkedIn post, uh, it came out of frustration, <laughs> the creation of this association. And uh, I think this is important to talk about because many times people think that... Uh, good ideas and I'm not claiming this is a good idea I'm not being so (laughs) self-centered here but that good ideas came come only from positive feelings and positive thoughts but this came out of frustration to be completely honest and the frustration was of seeing so many incredible people doing amazing work and not finding a meaningful opportunity for a job or for opening a company and so on And then I was thinking, well, we volunteered for this project. So for the Diversity for Future project, we have established many good networks and we have established the basis of our work. What if we could establish some sort of structure that we can help people get access to this type of opportunities that are very meaningful? Um, So for me, I'm very much into climate and environmental stuff, and I've just started working with immigration and diversity in Finland just because I saw a problem. This is not originally my field. Um, And then I was thinking we could do these things together, maybe. 
uh, that we do sustainability projects that can also include and integrate meaningfully internationals in Finland. So that was basically the idea, and we created the organization. We did the entire boring part of the process, so the registration and everything, last year in May. And uh, two months after, we had our first grant, and with this grant, we were able to organize our first project where we piloted this idea. And the project is still going on, uh, and basically it consisted of uh, an event, a workshop, that we did both in Tampere and online uh, that was very focused on climate. But the innovation about this project is that we involved many people in the organization and we compensated all of them. So uh, this was the idea that we would do multilingual climate content and that it would be compensated. And we had someone helping us uh, with the event that was also compensated. And um, so it was... Uh, very exciting to have this opportunity of contributing for these uh, meaningful opportunities. Yeah, that's amazing. And and congratulations to establishing this organization. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't done by myself. I've yeah. done it with Katarina and also Meredith, who is uh, currently uh, our main partner with the co-founding. <laughs> so, yes, it takes it takes a village, I think. <laughs> Definitely. I agree with that. I don't think I could do even this little thing as our mastering Finland alone. Because, of course, yeah, that would cost me my 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 mind probably. <laughs> but let's get back because you said that you um, graduated and congratulations to that because uh, I, I agree with that, that everybody who graduates, kudos to them because I graduated last year in, what was it, May? And it was hard. It was really hard, hard job. And as as well as you, I didn't think I was going to finish, but we did it. So good job to both of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, and I wanted to sort of elaborate on the on the post uh, that uh, that I will probably put the li- link to uh, in this episode, so people know what we talked about actually. But you mentioned that uh, for the entire duration of my master's degree, I felt I was not enough. Uh, I, I feel you there, but could you elaborate a bit more about where the feelings came from and how does it relate to the job seeking, let's say, of, of uh, immigrants and foreigners in Finland? Yes, uh, sure. Uh, so when I came to Finland, I already had a very kind of um, established goals for myself that I wanted to have an experience with the Finnish job market. I wanted to have this type of like practical uh, opportunities of trying to um, to use my abilities and the things that I had learned in Brazil and to contribute to the country somehow. So I came with very specific uh, objectives. So I started even job hunting and trying to look for internship opportunities and all this type of thing from Brazil already. Um, So for me, this was very important. And when I came here, I realized how hard it was going to be. And I realized how there is this kind of like very negative feeling and frustration in the immigrant community about how hard it is to find a job in Finland. And I was already feeling kind of like this is very unsettling. And what happens is that uh, it can go in different ways. It Sometimes people, they react and deal with it as they are like, okay, it's not possible. I'm going to leave Finland. I'm going to be out. Bye. 
And then there is this thing that you feel like, okay, what can I do to deal with it? And whenever I was going to look for advice and whenever I participated in these integration programs and mentoring, the advice was always about getting myself better and uh, improving my CV and uh, learning how to talk to people and how to approach people. And I don't think this is bad advice. I think uh, it was really good for me to learn how to make my CV better. I think from doing this, I managed to get this job that I have now at this international NGO, but somehow these advices didn't help with Finland. Um, and that that's when it hits you that you feel, okay, maybe the problem is with me and maybe the reason is that I'm not good enough. So I think um, it's very easy to fall into this spiral of I'm not good enough and to fall into this spiral of like, I will never do things enough that are gonna that are gonna help me uh, find an opportunity here in Finland, and I think that this can be very hurtful and it can be very difficult to to deal with uh, because at some at some point it just messes with your confidence and once you are in this spiral, it's even more difficult to get something because you just don't feel like applying to jobs and like applying to things and. And now I I feel even this kind of like trauma of of I don't I don't want to jump to to job hunt again in Finland because I, I don't I I don't see myself filling a form application I I don't see myself uh, doing something just just to hear that just to get an automatic response and not even know what's happening so it can be it can be very frustrating and I think that's where this feeling comes from maybe. Yeah, if, if it makes any yeah. sense, <laughs> it does. I think no, there is a lot to unpack here, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does, and and I feel you there. And I think it goes with the feeling of uncertainty as well, because um, you might be trying and and you might be doing all these courses and volunteering and and you know fighting hard for for what you in a way deserve because you've been doing lots of work to be able to deserve this. In a way, you feel like you should, but it's not coming. And then uh, you might need to take a job, let's say, that um, is not within what you would want to do because you need to sort of, you know, like be secure, like financially in a, in a foreign country where you are. And then uh, if you're going to quit this job that you are not satisfied with, let's say, and it's not following what you would want to do, there is this big uncertainty because you are not certain that you will be able to find a job in this area again because that's why I went for the previous job and that's for example what happened to me that like I wanted a job within different different area and then I went to teaching because that was the only thing I could get at that point um, with like really quickly and I knew that so I went for it but after a year and a bit I was very very close to burnout because of the feeling of like okay I'm doing something uh, I'm giving lots of energy. Let's be honest. Uh, everybody who has ever been a teacher knows how, that how how much energy it sucks out of you. And then I decided to quit. And I had a, some sort of plan, but it was very uncertain. And I had some money saved because of this job to be able to hopefully learn and get a job. But it is not that easy. And it's sort of what frustrates me in this sense is that 
everybody will tell you then, so learn coding and you will get a job. Oh my God. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a coder. (laughs) Yeah. And, but everybody will tell you that. Oh yeah, that's the future. Learn coding and and you'll have great, greatly paid job. And I'm like, well, but don't you understand? (laughs) This is not my goal in my life. Like, I don't think I'm stupid and I, I think I'll be able to learn that, but it would it would not make me happy. And that's, I think, like this uncertainty and not having the opportunity to work within what you would want to work with uh, sort of drags you down together with this, yeah, feeling think, of you're doing much, but it's not working. I think when you are talking to me about it, um, I feel somehow that there is this type of grief moment of the energy and the time and the resources you put into getting this type of opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, for example, you you worked a lot into teaching and to to almost come to burning out and all of all of what you did before even to get this opportunity. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think it can also come to feeling a bit frustrated when you realize what did I do this for? Um, why, why did I sacrifice so much if in the end I wasn't even going to be considered? Um, so I think that the mm-hmm. not, not feeling enough is part of this kind of like grieving process for what you've, what you've done uh, to be able to get there. And I also feel that I had this innocence that uh, my skills and abilities that came from my Brazilian background, they were going to be recognized by Finland as assets. Uh, So I was thinking, well, I have a lot of knowledge in corporate sustainability in Brazil, and this can be great. If Finnish business, they want to go there. I can speak Portuguese fluently, and the Brazilian market, it's what, 200 million people, while the Finnish market is very, very reduced. Uh, I can connect to innovators from my country. I can do so many things. I have this entire box of treasures that can that are just waiting for someone to notice. And for some reason, I thought that this was going to be obvious that yeah. uh, I, there there is so much like richness in these uh, skills and in these things and this knowledge that I hold. And when I I was seeing unused, I was like, oh my god, this is this is really terrible. Like I, and this comes, and then it comes the feeling of I'm not good enough because all these skills and knowledge and um, expertise that I have from this context are just not good enough and um, they are not valuable. So when you start believing that, well, (laughs) then, then it sucks a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It does indeed, but yeah, um, I think I think it's hard to like feel or see the right side of the coin because, like, I see all these all these you know cool workshops and and events where they try to teach you and and pass on onto you the information about whatever CV and so so on. And I even myself went to Oulu to this uh, job seeking conference for students to share what I've learned. And what I've learned through the episodes and the people we had on the podcast, because I believe that they have learned something and they have learned it in Finland. And it doesn't mean that they, uh, like a person can come and replicate it and it's going to work for them, but they have at least sort of, a you know, 
like a list of things they can do and resources where to go to to be able to get where they would want to be and many of i think people don't know about these resources and that's sort of why why i wanted to do it and i felt a bit of weird because i was preaching about job seeking whilst you know i still have not figured out let's be let's be honest like it doesn't mean that i currently have a job that i've got it figured out this is not true and i don't think that anybody has it figured out when it comes to at least foreigners or very very few of them have but I believe that is like a personal experience sharing of what you have learned uh, to prevent like a future mistakes of other people, hopefully, is helpful. What do you think about that? I also think when you mention uh, this experience, I think that um, there is no formula. There is no layout or there is not a recipe or a guideline that if you follow, you're going to find this job or you're going to find your smooth way into integration. So this doesn't exist. And uh, I think what's very useful and very beautiful about what you're talking, it's just learning and hearing from other people's experiences and their perceptions. And then you can kind of understand what are some of the fails, (laughs) what are some of the things that you can apply to you. But um, one problem that I would have is with the success narrative type of thing, that this is also something that I complained about on my LinkedIn post, that integration can be very profitable for people that are uh, working with it, which is, uh, to be honest, a very small bubble in Finland (laughs) of professionals. (laughs) Um, And it can be very profitable. I think I think I can draw a lot of uh, parallels to the diet industry. It's very profitable to say, if you follow this guideline, you're going to lose weight. And then people follow all the yeah. guidelines, they don't lose weight. But then there is someone with a solution that they can sell. So it yeah, was the problem was not with the guidelines was on how you followed them. It's it's your problem. It's not the diet problems. And then there are the products that you can buy to get to this ideal weight. And I see a similar trend with uh, the job seeking advices of saying if you do this and this and this, you will find a job. And some people do, but most of people don't. And that's not because they were not good or that's not because they didn't follow the guidelines. That's just because this is a process that doesn't uh, rely on guidelines and that it's very contradictory and it depends a lot on your luck and it depends a lot on how people are willing to see you. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. Yeah, so I would say that for me at least, uh, whenever I'm going to presentations and I'm giving out these advices as well, I always, always try to highlight how flexible people should be to understand that. And uh, I always try to highlight that they may not be successful. Yeah. Because uh, this is also something that um, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, that there are always these moments when you get rejected to something that you really thought you were going to be perfect for. And then it's the moment that you realize that sometimes you will do everything you can and it's not going to happen. And that's fine. Yeah. Because rejection is also part of life. But I always try to keep expectations in a, <laughs> in a realistic level. Yeah, but no. I think 
Yeah, I think maybe this is one of the issues with the integration programs. That they sell mm-hmm. formulas when we should be selling um, encounters, I think. Yeah. For me, my way of dealing with this like rejection is to have like a next step so I don't spend too much time on, on being sad about it and like feeling destroyed. So if I am, I don't know, applying for a job and then I sort of accept that, okay, there is a chance I'm going to I'm gonna get it, but there's also a chance that I'm not going to get it. If I'm not going to get it, I'm going to do this. And it sort of prevents me from being stuck in this limbo of like, okay, I'm counting on it and this is the only thing for me right now and there is nothing beyond that because for my brain it just doesn't work and I have to have like a plan B and maybe even C <laughs> just in case. And this has prevented me to like from getting really stuck, I think, in this limbo of, um, you know, not wanting to to move but i'm not saying you know also my mental health side of, of things has not been the best through whole through whole the past six and a half years in finland and there are moments where i just want to just let everything be and like leave and just just leave and let everything be really but um at the same time if you have some sort of plan or about the next step it doesn't have to be in the future that's at least what would helps me to deal with rejection and and these sort of troubles on your journey. I think that this is a very good advice. I think this is a really good idea because also when we are job hunting, it always seems that this opportunity is the one. Um, I I was looking for houses in Tampere to buy, not that I have any money or prospects, (laughs) (laughs) but I was just like generally interested to see how it looks like the market. And every week I found this house that is like, oh my God, this is my dream house. And I feel yeah. like someone will get it and it's going to be so sad because this was definitely my dream house. And then the week later, it comes a new house that is also my dream house. And then the week a week later, it's the same. Uh, so I'm starting to notice that uh, I, I will tend to see every house as a dream house for me, <laughs> but it's not going to be the last one. And many times it's not really the right thing for you. Um, so I applied for companies when I arrived to Finland that I wouldn't like to work today. That I thought that they yeah. were very interesting and that it would be some place very cool for me to work at. And then now that I learned how the organization culture is, what type of things uh, they preach for, what are the values, I don't think it would have been a good fit. So that uh, also this, that many times, it seems really shallow to say that this is the kind of thing that people say like, oh, it was not meant for you. It's easy to say that when half of uh, women immigrants are unemployed in Finland. I don't mean to be completely like, well, it's just going to be be best for you to be unemployed. No, it's not this. But uh, sometimes rejection can be good. Sometimes you don't want to work in that company. (laughs) yeah yeah that that is true that is true so what sort of feedback in general did you get regarding you know this this big linkedin post that you that you posted i think the feedback has been majorly positive uh, i was so afraid of being conf- like causing conflicts and being confrontational 
but somehow the feedback has been very positive. Many people are agreeing. I think many of us see ourselves in this type of uh, realization. I had one feedback that uh, for those who don't know what the LinkedIn post is about, it's basically about uh, stopping the toxic narratives of you need to be the superhero and then you're going to get a job in Finland. Basically, instead, we should be encouraging ourselves to rest, to set boundaries and to say, hey, this is too much. I cannot do that. I'm going to. Sometimes people need to leave Finland. I, I don't think it's it's normal that someone with more than 10 years of experience in project management jobs, they need to do an internship in order to start again. I don't think that's healthy and I don't think this is a good advice. So, some, uh, so I'm just thinking about how we need to set and encourage ourselves to set boundaries and encourage ourselves to empower financially as well with uh, paid opportunities instead of saying, change your CV, be your superhero, learn Finnish like a native because uh, still you're, you may be yeah. rejected in the first phase when they see my favorite tip. <laughs> so uh, basically this, this was what uh, the LinkedIn post was about. And uh, so the feedback was positive. One person told, told something that I thought it was correct, uh, that when you have a family to support or when you have other people that rely on you, you cannot be very selective. So you cannot afford to be like, yeah. let's wait for society to change. Or you cannot be like, well, I'm going to rest now because you yeah, have a child funny. that relies on you for food. Uh, and of course, this is an experience that I don't have. Um, so I'm pretty much responsible for myself. And this is already pretty much scary. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's scary enough, but I cannot I even imagine how scary it must be when you have Uh, network of people relying on you so mm. this is definitely something that I don't understand and I think it was a good critique uh, some others were about social media activists that complain without doing anything and with this one I don't agree with <laughs> I think there is no way to know what people are doing outside of social media so I would yeah. never uh, I would never think that I know what people are doing with their lives if they're doing something or if they are if they are into doing anything I don't think this is up to discussion. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's good, and and I mean, it is it is hard. Let's be honest, it is hard. Like the whole thing is hard, <laughs> and uh, I feel sometimes that even like just being adult is hard. Just can we just talk about that? That being an adult, it's a hard job. And it's already adore, enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I adore everybody who has children and, you know, to take care of because I'm struggling to take care of myself, like, in a recent few years at least, or even right now. Like, I cannot imagine that I could find the energy, even just the energy to take care of, like, a human being, a little human being, and give them, like, the best to their future i don't know <laughs> yes so can you imagine if it's already scary to move to a country that is not yours and to try to set a life there yeah, with a kid i think this is crazy crazy i mean i kudos to all that they uh, that they have they have done it and are planning on doing it because yeah like adulthood is not agreeing with me 
Yes, and and even to think that some people they are not even close to the relatives, but they are supporting, sending money to them and resources yeah. here. So it makes things even more difficult. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad we sort of clarified this in a way that is not just you know to to uh, women uh, that have to just you know support themselves and and uh, are not really like might not be doing any of this like supporting families abroad or, or having kids and stuff. And there is not always a choice, unfortunately. And, yes, yes. And, and that's it depends why I think... The, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Continue. And that's why I think building communities is so important. Um, that's why I think the narratives should shift from the individual solutions to communities. Because when we build communities, we have the material conditions to support everyone. I totally agree with it, um, but then there is the cultural aspect of it here in Finland, that everybody's so individualistic, and um, then you sort of adjust to it weirdly, like that you just focus on yourself and and the community goes aside, unless you are really coming from like a very community based country, I would say, or culture, um, which I am not from. I'm like sort of, you know, medium. There is some community, but also quite individualism. So the shift towards individualism is not a really weird thing for me, but I can also see that it affected the way how I am. And then the culture sort of here within Finland doesn't like allow much space for the community unless you are like willing to be super active and push hard to become a part of a community. Yes, I would tend to agree with you. Um, even now that I was spending holidays in Brazil with my family when I was noticing um, how this community thing exists a little bit more. Even uh, now I'm organizing my wedding and it's totally a community effort. <laughs> it's it's incredible the amount of people that are contributing to it and how, how there is this entire uh, concern from people to know if we are needing something and uh, this concern to help and everything. And it's definitely uh, a collective thing. So um, I, I totally get what you mean, that sometimes it can be easy to be in this individual mindset. And I'm also realizing it that uh, it's very different now that I came back for holidays. And many aspects of, of the life in Brazil are very community based and talking about a place that it's very I'm I'm from a hometown that it's very urbanized and very and it's huge so of course it's even less community based than uh, indigenous communities or rural places or all of this so yeah, yeah I can definitely spot the difference as well yeah but but well how should we conclude it with the positive positive mindset <laughs> I think that uh, the positive mindset is that, at least for me, uh, coming to Finland was one of the best experiences of my life. So all of this that I mentioned to you, it's also part of a process of learning how to live in a different country. And I think that this process is something that would be somehow present everywhere when you move, um, sometimes even inside your own country. So even Finns sometimes struggle when they move from one city to another one. 
And I think my message for you, this is this is what I have learned, and this is what I also shared on the LinkedIn post, is that we are not on survival mode. Um, I recently acquired a fear of flying, <laughs> which was not very convenient oh, no. considering that I had to take three flights to come here. It was not convenient timing, but I also took some time to reflect and understand where this fear was coming from. And I was kind of like, uh, in one of the flights, I was the entire time just writing and writing everything that came to my mind. And I was just thinking, why am I in survival mode? Uh, there, there is no danger. There is literally no danger. I'm, I'm safe. And uh, what I want to tell you is that you're safe. You're not in survival mode. And you can just live like a human and be happy. And you can uh, find the things that you enjoy and you can find joy. And when you come to here, you don't need to be pumping yourself uh, to the adrenaline of overworking, over job hunting, over studying finish, trying overly to do everything that you can sometimes just be yourself and just be happy and just find joy in the things that you like. So maybe this would be my optimistic message. And I do believe that this is possible here. Just know that you're safe, and um, yeah, we are we are humans. We we deserve to be happy. I think this would be my my message. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. That's what I'm trying to tell to myself every day. So it's <laughs> a very good message. Yeah, Indeed. this is this is something that I'm really. Why was I in survival mode? Like I'm I'm, you know, I was for this past two years since when I arrived in this kind of like. I need to do things and uh, I need to keep myself always getting better and better and better and working. And uh, from morning until until dawn and all, well, this doesn't work in, in winter when it's very short days, but <laughs> <laughs> I need to be working and meeting people and doing things and different projects and everything. And this is, this is not yeah. a life. This is surviving. And I don't want to survive. I want to live. So maybe uh, this is my message to you. And I really think it's possible. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much, Haisa. It was really great uh, to talk to you and, and thank you for sharing your thoughts on, on this topic and, and your experiences with the listeners. Thanks to and you, yeah. Petra. And uh, if, if someone would like to get to know us a little bit better, our website is symbiosistampere.org and we are super approachable people. So yeah, definitely. And people we can just add the... me on LinkedIn. I'm I'm really approachable. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a bit long to reply to messages. I must confess that I'm not the most uh, quick uh, person like to reply to things online, but I'm very approachable person. So <laughs> yeah, and we will definitely add all the links to this episode, so you can find Isa's LinkedIn and and the link to Symbiosis as well there. That's great. So yeah, thank you so much and have thank a great you. day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts and other podcast providers. For more information, follow our Instagram at mastering.finland.podcast, subscribe to our monthly newsletter and keep an eye on our website masteringfinland.com. Have a nice day and good luck with your own Mastering Finland story. Bye.